Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, devastating news overnight with the passing of the great Shane Warne. I'm here live with Paul Dennett. Uh, Paul, uh, I heard your little um, tribute to Shane Warne that you recorded just after the news broke, but an incredible shock to the cricket community. Yeah, um, absolutely. Go on, sorry. That's all right. Um, Yeah, it was just indescribable I couldn't believe it and I'm still not kind of um 100% across it as I'm sure a lot of people aren't so um yeah it was a really um horrific few hours actually it took me about four hours to get to sleep I couldn't stop just scrolling through social media and um uh, yeah it's a weird thing that someone who you've never met um and you know he's a sports star I love sport uh but that feeling of as almost though as though it's a family member it's a it's a horrific feeling yeah, I um, I actually couldn't have probably recorded anything before now. It's take, you know, it's been so upsetting hearing the news. You know, I think, uh, you know, in terms of just you know, like sort of, you know, cricketers, not just cricketers, but celebrities that we grew up following um, in Australia. He's he's one, you know, the, one of the biggest losses, and you can only sort of just look at the um, reaction from all around the world. You know, Warren was this massive superstar and he's impacted so many people. It's just, you know, this is, you know, he, the, the Australian community is still trying to come to grips with it today. Yes, uh, I agree with all that. And he's also just sort of the embodiment of um, of life and energy. It's just, um, you just, I would never have thought in a million years that this could have, obviously it, it could, but you just think of him as, this uh, energizer bunny that's going to be um, living life at 110%, no matter what he's doing um, for year on year on year. So um, it's just, um, and I think uh, it's not the main point, but cricket has lost its one of its main kind of um, one of its biggest assets that 
every time Shane Warne did something, it made news in the cricket world and beyond. I mean, even that series he did a few years ago uh, with Sachin Tendulkar of having a few matches in the United States, and it was kind of probably a money-making exercise and whatever, whatever else, but it made the New York Times. And I remember distinctly the article where they said, walking down the main, one of the main streets of Manhattan with Sachin Tendulkar and Shane Warne is a strange experience because 19 out of 20 people ignore them and one out of 20 look at them as if it's the most amazing thing they've ever seen in their lives. And it's kind of like Shane Warne got cricket into the New York Times. Shane Warne, upon his death, it was the the lead story in Scotland. Um, it was the lead story on the Sun newspaper, four main articles on a newspaper that normally just deals in salacious nonsense and football and um, and whatever else. It's um, Cricket has lost its biggest sort of, uh, yeah, its most famous person, at least in the Western world. Yeah, and, and the fact that he was 52 and, you know, in the prime of his life, a larger-than-life character in commentary boxes all around the world, so active, so charismatic, and it's just come out of nowhere. You know, I really feel for his his kids and his mm. uh, parents that, you know, when, when someone dies suddenly like this, it's, you know, it's good for the person because they go quickly and don't suffer, but it's terrible for the family left behind. And, you know, have you seen the Shane Warne documentary? Because there's some scenes there with Shane Warne and his kids and um, yeah, it's just going to be devastating for them. I haven't seen it, but I can, I, I kind of think I can imagine what they're like. Because it was very close to these kids and even just in social media, some of the, the TikTok videos that he did with his son and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I feel so hideously sorry for them in the, the cataclysmic shock to their lives upon hearing it. And um, you can't imagine what they're going through. Yeah. I, um, I fell asleep before the end of the cricket um, last night because the, the first day was so boring towards the end. And uh, I know Paul recorded a wrap of the, the match, but uh, my, my phone ran out of batteries and I woke up about two, two thirty, and then plugged my phone in and turned it on. And I saw, you know, it was a, you know, had a lot of messages about the news. A lot of people in England had been messaging me and I couldn't believe it. Obviously I was half asleep. I thought I was having a nightmare and it was the most jarring, upsetting news I've ever had about a cricketer. I mean, as much as Bradman's death was sad, uh, it's nothing like this. Uh, you know, I didn't watch Bradman play, whereas, you know, watching Shane Warne's whole career, the greatest living cricketer, and then for him to pass away, I mean, Dean Jones was an awful shock. Uh, Rod Marsh this week, another huge loss. But, you know, Shane Warne's in a different stratosphere and his impact on everybody, uh, I mean, he's just the most compelling cricketer of our time. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, of course, Bradman being 92, it's a very big difference between 92 and 52. And it's just, um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to comprehend because he always seems so vibrant, as I said. Um, and I think it's a, a nice gesture that they are going to name change the name of the great southern stand to to the shane Warne stand i think that's a um an appropriate gesture some people said why don't we do these things when people are alive and i completely agree with that um but now that it's ha now that he is dead i think that is a um, a nice thing to have occurred yeah and when i was um oh yeah, agree. I mean, I think that's going to be a wonderful tribute to name the stand after him. I saw a lot of people going up to the statue outside the MCG today and paying tribute to him. Uh, I'm actually going to the SCG tonight for another event. Um, so that's going to be, um, yeah, a lot of, you know, beautiful memories are worn there, which we'll maybe touch on um, soon. Uh, the, the reaction in the UK was startling. I mean, the news broke and it was the afternoon there. So, 
um, unlike here where everyone was asleep. Um, yeah, you know, you, you know, Mick Jagger tweeting, Ed Sheeran. I mean, warns you know, all the all the celebrities are, you know, he he just his reach and impact was so far and wide. It's incredible, um, you know, what an effect he had. Yeah, and that's the thing that um, he was so much above everyone else in the Western world as a cricketer in terms of his fame that that was just stunning. That I mean, the Sydney Morning Herald, the eight top articles were all about. Shame one. And it's not as though there's not much other news on at the moment. You know, there's a war on, there's flooding, um, there's a pandemic. And for the eight top articles in a, you know, a non-sensationalist newspaper to be all about Shane Warne, I think, says everything. And, um, you know, I read an article about him shortly after having in, in the Seattle Times in Washington in the United States. It's uh, He's at that level. And, um, yeah, um, as I said, felt almost like it was a death in the family, which is crazy, but that's just how it um, sort of uh, impacted. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And I was, I sort of want to try and maybe sum up some of the reactions that I've seen today from the different cricketers and and what what is going to come through is the effect he had on, you know, the different generations. So Glenn Maxwell was interviewed on Triple M Radio this morning and he was in tears. I mean, he, he talked about when Warren actually brought Maxwell into the star side and talked about Warren's, you know, big effect on his career and what a supporter he was. But Maxwell was very, very upset. Um, and then, you know, Alan Border was interviewed on um, Fox Sports this morning. And I have to say that was just heart-wrenching because, you know, Alan Border's all our captains growing up and he was shattered. I mean, he was mm. very close to Rod Marsh. He passed away on Friday. And then for, you know, later that day effectively to lose another one of his great mates, um, Shane Warne, just really felt Fab. You could tell he was struggling. He said he'd had a few whiskies to try and settle the nerves, and uh, yeah, that, that was a heart wrenching um, reaction. Um, any reactions you've seen? I like the one from Steve War. Um, famously, you know, since their the retirement, Warren didn't really like Steve War, and so I was interested to see what Steve War was going to, to put out. And he, he, a really nice post. He's got a picture of Shane Warne and Steve War uh, holding the '99 World Cup at the balcony at Lords, and he's just written. Um, so many memories and moments that will never be forgotten. It was a privilege and a pleasure to play alongside you. My thoughts and condolences are with the Warren family, RIP Warney. And I think that was a really nice, um, uh, a nice gesture. Mm, definitely. Um, I just saw Michael Vaughan on, on Fox Sports and he was tearful and reminiscing about the good times they've had recently, what a great host Warren was. And uh, yeah, Warren was upset. Isha Girl was, you know, in tears in studio talking about working with him Uh yeah, and, and and then the other cricketers that have put given their reactions in the media, there's still a huge amount of shock. Mark Taylor was, um, you know, I mean, another heart wrenching um, discussion. Um, you know, when he was talking about, you know, when Warren came into the side, and yeah, just uh, so many cricketers will be in shock and played with him. But I, I sort of, you know, the, he's really good mates. I heard Gary Lyon on the radio, the former AFL players, good mates with him, um, saying how upset he was. I mean, it seemed like if you were one of Warren's mates, you know, it was a real solid uh, mateship. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm sure that was the case. Uh, and also uh, just in terms of some wider, um, you know, touching further afield from other sports, uh, Ange Postacoglu, who's currently the manager of Celtic in Scotland, um, 
you know, they're, they're all over it. He, he said, uh, this is absolutely devastating news to, to lose Shane, particularly at such a relatively young age. And my heart goes out to his whole family. We've lost a brilliant man, a phenomenal guy with such personality, energy and spirit. And of course, Australia has lost one of its true sporting icons. Indeed, I'm not sure Australia will ever find anyone quite like him again. For me, he was just one of the greatest and an absolute one of a kind. Um, and he goes on, but it's kind of like Ange Postacoglu is famously a person who's football, 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 nothing else. Um, and he's over there in a, in a foreign country where they're not really interested in cricket. Speaking like that, it sort of hits home just, um, again, uh, how, how widely the loss is being felt. Mm. Yeah, they, um, Fox Sports also spoke to some of the players over in Pakistan. Uh, David Warner um, spoke about how, um, that you know, Warning was a great supporter, but also, you know, that would actually, Warning would talk a lot of tactics with the players, um, you know, and, you, you know, when you see the players warming up and the commentators are walking around, apparently Warning would often come up and, you know, it obviously wasn't Mitchell Stark he was going up to give tactical advice to, but, he, you know, he had his um, ones in the team and that he would chat to and he's, Warner said they often used to, you know, try Warning's tactics Um on the field. So, you know, his imprint on the game is, is so big. Uh, and, you know, talk about Ange Postacoglu. I mean, I guess it, for those that didn't live through his career, maybe a bit younger. I mean, when Warren came on to bowl, the, the country stopped and, you know, there's, there's all these great moments that talk his 700th wicket, his hat trick, but literally when he would come on to bowl in the 15th match of a world series game that didn't mean anything, you would still watch his 10 overs. Like you couldn't look away. It's a good point because I always had great affection for him and I always recognized what a wonderful cricketer he was, but you kind of have your favorites and he was never in my, like, you know, that three or four absolute favorites of, 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 of mine. And yet, um, despite that, I felt exactly the same way. And sometimes when he would bowl, especially towards the end of his career, I'd, I'd say to myself, you should savour this because you're not going to be seeing this um, all that much longer. And that um, that slow walk in and then the last couple of steps and then the the powerful uh, spinning thrust of the shoulder and the, and the, the arc of the ball, uh, it, it's something that it was such a staple for, what, 16 years in his um, test career or 15 years. And then it's been... Um, and he's been retired for as long as he actually that he actually played. That's how fast time moves. But I remember distinctly thinking, "This is something that I'm I'm probably never going to see again." Yeah, it was magical. I mean, he he lit up. It was just show stopping stuff. The country um, was right behind him every ball, and 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 you know, and then the impact he had around the world. So you know, Hampshire Cricket Club have named a stand after him. They mm. already had named a stand, and um and. You know, I heard the, the one of the directors of the Hampshire Cricket Club talking on English radio uh, about, you know, the, the huge impact he had on that club and how he turned it into a winning culture and how much they loved him there. And then, you know, you read the Rajasthan Royals um, tribute to him about, you know, that the Warney, you know, made their club um, in the in that first year by winning the IPL. I mean, you know, everywhere Warne went, he just made such a huge impact. I, my wife sent me a, a tribute that Mia Friedman um, sent out. Mia Friedman, in the in the in the tribute, said she knows nothing about sport, but was sort of heartbroken at the news. And she's a, a famous Australian media personality. But that's the sort of reaction that you're getting uh, in Australia. Magda Zabanski, a famous Australian actor, again, not someone that I would have thought of sending out a tribute for a cricketer. Um, but there's from all walks of life. Uh, that that's the that's the extent that. You could go to someone who doesn't follow cricket at all and say, have you heard of Pat Cummins? And they'd say, no. Have you heard of 
um, X, Y, Z, they'd say no. But even now, all these years after he's retired, have you heard of Shane Warne? I'd say, of course I've heard of Shane Warne. Um, that's the, the, the extent that, that his fame was. And I sometimes, I, I've actually never really thought about this, but where would cricket be in this country if Shane Warne had never existed? That Sure, it was, it was going fine in the, the late 80s and early 90s, uh, but the trajectory that it went on, uh, if you're going to graph it, It'd be like one of those one-day graphs where the um, the side batting second is falling short of the run rate. That, that's that's the different trajectory that cricket would have gone on in this country. It would be a substantially uh, lesser game uh, if Shane Moore wasn't there. Who, who, who knows how to quantify it? But whatever they got in the TV deal, $1.1 billion for six years, mm-hmm. maybe if, if Shane Moore had never existed, that TV deal would have been $900 million for six years. You know, it's, it's, it's that significant that the impact that he had in terms of the the box office the the gate receipts and just the general interest and love of cricket in this country and by extension in all of the countries around the world that um if you said to someone from Zimbabwe who liked cricket um Shane Warne's going to be playing tomorrow they'd buy a ticket if they if he wasn't they may not that's the that's the extent um of, of his popularity yeah I think Gideon Hay made the point I mean you know you look at that team that Warne is in and it it's not like it didn't have some stars but the fact that Warne was able to still shine you know above you know McGrath and the Wars and Hayden and Langer all these absolute legends and he's so far above them still just shows um you know the status he had and you're right I mean where would cricket be without him I mean uh, it's hard to tell I mean but you're right. It, it, the impact he had is amazing. I mean, you mentioned some of those stars, Hugh Jackman, Tim Cahill. Uh, this is what Mick Jagger wrote. I'm so saddened by the sudden death of Shane Warne. He brought such joy to the game and was the greatest spin bowler ever. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it, this is one is I think going to be a really hard one to deal with for um, the shock will be take a while to sink in, but I know that they've offered his family a state funeral and, um, and, the, you know, they're going to rename the stand. I think there'll be tributes all around the world to Warren. Yeah, another one um, from a, a famous person from another sport. I've just I had it here. Um, uh, Gary Lineker saying, terribly sad and, and shocked to hear the news that Shane Warren has died, the greatest spin bowler of all time. Can't quite believe it. RIP Shane. And for Australians who don't follow soccer or football, Gary Lineker is obviously one of the all-time greats of English football and the most famous media personality that they have over there now as well. So it's the sort of thing that he and like Piers Morgan as well, who has a massive following in the United States, um, it's, it's bringing it to a wider audience to because of the, the profile that these people have. My friend Mikey in Dublin, who um, is, you know, we've been friends for years and one of the first things he said to me was, uh, I hate cricket so much. <laughs> and um, I've tried to get him into the game and with, with some level of success, but even he out of the blue messaged me saying, um, you know, it's all over the news here in Ireland, the the, the death of Shane Warne. And I, I don't think Mikey had quite appreciated just um, how big Shane Warne was, but he's kind of saying, you know, it's um, uh, he's effectively Pele or Maradona on the international stage from what I can see. Uh, so I think he's realised now just how um, massive a personality Shane Warne was. Mm. So such a huge personality and yeah, it's, yeah, just, uh, you know, it's been watching all the reactions and listening to the radio, Ian Healy, Adam Gilchrist. It's, you know, everyone says the same th- things about him, that he was, he was phenomenal to play with, you know, even if he didn't really like you or, or, or whatever, it didn't matter. He still went out there and he was the phenomenal teammate and, 
he was great to play with. And, you know, that's a real testament to him that, you know, all the troubles he had off the field and everything, um, he was still just this incredible competitor under all circumstances. You could see how that would be, that um, <laughs> it wasn't the greatest um, uh, forum for it, but I watched a little bit of when he was on um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And when, even in those things where they're eating um, spiders and whatever else, you could see that, and just to what you said, there was a couple of people there, I can't remember who they were, that they weren't really getting along well. But Warney was um, influential in getting them to achieve more than they might have had in terms of consumption of spiders, which is not the... But um, I can see I can see exactly what you mean. And the other thing that my friends uh, experienced, I had several friends saying that, you know, they couldn't get to sleep. Um, you know, one of friends said, I was about to go to sleep, but this just rocked me. And he's currently living in Singapore that's something that I found. I know Jaleesa found that you found that as well. When, when you woke up that um, I've got other friends as well, that uh, just didn't feel like sleeping after the news. Oh yeah. I mean, I was a mess. I was very teary. I mean, it's, it's such a huge loss. Someone that you've idolized. I mean, I think maybe we should get into some of our favorite memories of him now. Um, yep. Maybe we'll trade him one for one. Um, so I'll start with my memory and, um, yeah, that was his first test match at the SCG. Um, I remember being there and watching the tubby um, long-haired bowler walk out there, and I remember his first test wicket. Um, but I remember that the story that Warren says about, you know, Jeff Marsh and David Boone taking him in a case of beer um, up to a spot um, near the SCG and sitting down and having a drink and Marsh and Booney telling Warney what it was like to play test cricket for Australia. and. Um, you know, I think whatever you say, yeah, as I said, Warney was just a consummate Australian cricketer and he, he got educated by, um, you know, some really um, hard-nosed Australians. And, you know, that first test match, you know, you had no idea what you were going to get afterwards. I remember one of those balls um, that Shastri square cut him for four and it did turn. I remember Ian Chappell saying, there's a turn there for Shane Warne, but it's slow turn. I said, probably it was partially that it was a pretty ordinary pitch for spin bowling that very slow pitch that day at the SCG. One of the memories I like is one that I didn't appreciate at the time, but I've heard Shane Warne talk about it since, was that moment where Australia was in Sri Lanka in 1992. Uh, Warne had done nothing and was kind of thinking, what am I even doing here? And Sri Lanka were moving towards a victory and they needed about, I think, four wickets Australia, maybe three wickets. Greg Matthews was bowling from one end. Sri Lanka needed about 20 or 30 to win. And I've subsequently, someone actually put the entire unedited um, television coverage from Sri Lanka up a couple of years ago. I watched the whole thing one afternoon. I don't know why. Um, but it was just it was just compelling because they've thrown the ball to um, to this blonde-haired nobody. And he, I think he thought Alan Border was making a mistake. But Border said, no, it's turning. I think you can do something. And he took, I think, three wickets. Australia won the test match and from, from nowhere. And I think that was the moment that he first thought, oh, actually, maybe I have got a chance of... Um, succeeding at this game and for a guy that was forever more known for just extraordinary self-confidence it's kind of touching that he needed that to to realize that he wasn't uh, totally out of depth out of his depth at that level yeah i remember that game and uh, i remember that it wasn't on television here so it was another one of those instances ball where i think i was scratching around for half hour <laughs> radio updates to to see what was going on and in the first innings sri lanka made over 500 i think and warney got some taps so it really was i wouldn't say last roll of the dice stuff but you know he, he struggled up until that point in test cricket um 
So I guess my next memory is the 1993-94 test against South Africa at the SCG where mm. Shane Warne took 12 wickets. And interestingly, it's a test match Australia lost by a few runs. It's that famous match where Damien Martin uh, hit one to cover um, with a few runs needed. I shouldn't single out Marta because there was – more other batters that got out, but that's my memory because I was there that day. But you know, th- that test match was worn at his best the way he was terrorizing the South African batters. He took seven in the first innings and five in the second. You know, that was when he had Cullen and on a string, he was, um, you know, bowling. His flipper was at its best then. And you know, watching him bowl was just magic, it was like you just couldn't take your eyes off it. Um, and you know, Jonty Rose. Jonty Rhodes played an amazing innings in that game against Warren at his best. But, yeah, that to me was just Warren, uh, as I said, with his flipper going at his best. I'll, I'll echo that one because that one, I was there the first day desperate for Australia to bat. I just wanted to see the Aussies bat. And when um, we were sent in, I was like, oh, gosh. But the thing that was kind of interesting was back then, one day cricket had been king for 15 years. And... Test cricket now has become the king, but it, it wasn't then. And I remember the people flooding in that day. I think there was something like 34,000. It wasn't a sellout, but it was pretty close to it. And it was the biggest test crowd the SCG had had in a long time. And when Warren started getting the wicket, wicket after wicket after wicket, the, the reaction of the crowd, it was a really um, charged atmosphere. It was a joyous atmosphere. Uh, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a, a great memory of mine as well. And just I'll go back a, a year on that, the... Um, the Boxing Day test of 92, 93. So after he did that little thing in Sri Lanka where he felt himself that he might be able to succeed at this level, Australia needed the win. West Indies, we very rarely beat. And on the final day, they looked like they were going to get the runs. Then Warren came on, bowled the flipper to get rid of Richie Richardson, then took seven for 52. That's in many ways my favourite test match because of, uh, I won't go into it now, but I watched every ball of it, which is, you know, I've done that plenty of times before, but I was away on holiday. We're going to the beach in the morning, timing it, come back, watching the cricket. And uh, it was was just an epic five days. And for us to win it like that with with Shane Warne, it was clearly the emergence of something uh, pretty special. Yeah, I agree. That was an incredible victory and only soured by what happened in Adelaide a couple of weeks later. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, my, my next my next memory is um so I think it would have been would have been 96 97 the West Indies came out to Australia yep. and we beat them three uh, two I think in the end yep. and 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 this was still when the West Indies well they were a good side still and yeah, I remember it sure. was the SCG test Australia's striving for victory on the last day and Shivnarine Chanderpaul uh was batting pretty well actually and then Warren bowled a ball that spun from outside the left hander's off stump. I mean, it would have been, it was almost off the pitch and then spun yeah. back and crashed into the stumps. It, it was just a phenomenal ball to witness in person. I think it's probably the one ball that rivals the gadding ball. I mean, the gadding ball was on on day one. So this is on day five when the pitch was really doing something. But it spun. I don't know how far it spun, but I'd, lo- I'd love if they could retrospectively apply the Hawkeye to how much that spun. It was basically at right angles. Um, uh, the gutting ball kind of has been done to death, I think, but um, it's there. The, the other memory from the um, those, those early years is that um, the hat trick that he took at the MCG in 94 95 when David Boone uh flew across and took it that was a special moment as well because of the Tony Gregg commentary. And uh, it was almost like the anointing of the king that he'd gone to England and done so well. Then in the, in the next Ashes series, getting that hat trick at the MCG, 
at the time and for years afterwards, they'd be replay. I think I probably knew the commentary off by heart. I haven't seen it for a while, but that was um, a pretty special moment as well. Yeah, um, and one thing that a couple of people have mentioned in the reactions that I've been watching, and I, I think is really worth pointing out, is Warren. Um, you know, he was a rebel. He did things his own way, but he was very polite. He was very dedicated. And, you know, when he came into the Australian side as the young superstar, there was an old guard. And despite the fact that Warren did things differently, they still loved him because he was, you know, still a great bloke. He was still very respectful. He might have been out all night, whatever, but. Um, you know, AB, the management, Bob Simpson, they all loved him. He was because he was a larrikin, but you know, I, you know, he those parents did a great job with him because um, you know, he, he he could have got ahead of himself with all the the fame and really from all reports he didn't. Um I think that he has that uh, he had that um confidence and charisma. Uh but I, yeah, it was I think if you get told for 25 years that you're the best, I think to some degree he bought into it eventually, but he still had that grounding of, um, um, yeah, you know, probably a mixture of modesty and arrogance that probably all sports sporting stars need. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing, just briefly, was that um, that final ball, 95-96. Dad and I were at the game. Uh, we're sitting in the Bradman stand at the time against Pakistan, and it was the most boring last day, last session of play you could possibly imagine. There's no runs being scored. We just sat there in silence for two hours watching. It was intriguing enough. And then Shane Warne famously has the chat with um, Ian Healy before the last ball that he bowled to Bassett Ali and came around mm-hmm. and bowled him around his legs. And it was kind of like it was it was a reward for everyone in the ground who'd stayed through and endured the Pakistani batting. And it it electrified the the, the afternoon. It was something that only, only Shane Warne was going to do that sort of thing. And it was, um, yeah, a great memory as well. Yeah, I was there. I remember that well. Another one for me is um, Shane Warne uh, at the SCG against South Africa again, but this time later in the 90s. I'm not exactly sure of the year. That 97. Af- yes. And, um, you know, it had been a, you'd be surprised to hear this, but it had been a rainy day at the SCG. So play had been <laughs> stop start. And a lot of people had gone home, but like Paul, I'm, I'm a nut. So I didn't go anywhere. And I remember being sort of, and it, actually they were a bit more liberal back then. Like it was pretty wet and they kept playing towards the end of that day. But I remember Warren getting his 300 test wicket bowling Jacques Callis towards the end of the day of uh, that test match. Um, yeah. Brilliant stuff. And last couple for me. Um, well, actually I'll probably let you do this one because you were there, the 99 semifinal. Um, uh, unless you, you want me to do it or you want to do that one? Oh, we can do it together. Well, from, from sitting at home on my couch in Sydney, uh, so South Africa got, uh, Australia got limped to 214 or whatever it was. South Africa came out of the blocks just blasting. And that's what actually dad, dad actually went to bed because the game was over. And then Warren came on and he's just started bowling gadding balls. Um, and he got that first wicket and then he got another wicket, although incredibly it actually it spun so much, it spun straight to first slip. And um, I think it was Hansi Cronje, wasn't it? That he, he never actually touched the ball, but because <laughs> only Warren could make a ball bowl and go to straight to first slip with no bat involved at all. It's just that's that's the sort of leg spinning bowl. So he didn't nick it, but that's because he wasn't good enough to nick it. I had to get dad back down. And then we watched, obviously, what became um, probably until the most recent World Cup final, the greatest ever World Cup game of all time when Australia got the tie. And it was after Warren had, had been had been dropped by Steve Waugh in the 99 um, Tour of the West Indies. He'd been talking about retirement and everything else. It was a real celebration. And that that joy when he got that first wicket, that guttural, like he was kind of, ah, 
uh, um, and just screeching a primal um, scream was, uh, was a special moment. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, being there, it was it was incredible. Uh, and you're right. Before he came on to bowl, it looked like Australia was gone. I guess my memory of that is, you know, you talk about the way sort of Warren would enter a room and it would all stop. You know, at the game before in the Super Sixes, Australia had beaten South Africa in a really tight game. It was the game War scored his famous 100 odd not outs. And you know, I was in the team hotel for the celebrations after, and the Australian team was there. And you know, in walked Shane Warren, and he, he, the room stopped. And he had these kind of like Velcro kind of fluoro pants on. I mean, it was peak <laughs> Hollywood Warren, um, and. Yeah, it just you know, it just when he walked in a room, everybody the the room changed, and um, yeah, it didn't disappoint that night. I mean, the he, yeah, the Hollywood pants, the yeah, he was just he he was everything you can imagine. Um, the next memory, I guess, um, you know, is sort of what happened when he retired. I just remember that that especially the IPL win. I mean, you know, if you so you're launching a tournament in India. It's Warren takes this young team that no one picked to win, and he took them to the IPL title. And to, you know that set up the IPL. It, it sealed his greatness. I mean, it just showed that he had all the captaincy qualities that we never saw him um, display doing it for Australia. Yes, and it also showed that um, you know I, he retired at a good time in, from Test cricket at the end of two thousand and six seven, but. He could have gone on at test level for many a year to come. Um, so um, another memory for me was that that whole 2005 series where Australia ultimately got beaten and Warren did everything but win the series for Australia. He played absolutely superbly and he bowled magnificently. Uh, but it was that the, the innings that he played um, that game at Edgbaston where. I think I think to this day it's the most electrifying. It's the most I've found cricket non cricket fans interested in Test cricket because it was perfect in prime time for Australia. Started at eight o'clock. Australia needed a fairly modest total. Uh, we started the night at the day at eight down, um, and Warren uh, got us so close playing. He's walking across in front of his stumps and flicking it around. In the end, he was out hit wicket, I think, um, uh, and he got he got ninety odd, I think, that day. But that was. Um, he played a significant part in what I think is the greatest test match um, that I've ever seen. And the, the test match, as I said, that uh, got more people who weren't normally interested in cricket watching cricket than ever before. Uh, so that was a special memory. The whole 2005 um, Nashes, the greatest series ever, and he played a huge role in it. Yeah, I was obsessed with him getting a test hundred for years. So when he got out for 99 against the Kiwis at the Wacker, <laughs> Again, that was in prime time because it was a you know wacky yeah. test match. Um, yeah, um, another great warm moment. I mean, we we could you know we could talk about warm um, great performances for for hours. I mean, as I just you know he brought so much joy, so much inspiration. You know, I hear from so many people that you know weren't massive cricket fans, but they'd watch Warney play, and they, they you know he, he was just such a magnetic character and then sort of in retirement, you know, even as a commentator, we used, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast, but, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was someone who would polarize people. He would generate discussion. He was a deep thinker about cricket and whether you agreed with him or not, he gave you interesting things to talk about. I mean, he was just a larger than life character. I mean, my last memory, you know, was sharing a lift with him a few weeks ago at the SCG. It was me, Howie, Michael Vaughan and Shane Warne. 
I don't know how I got in that lift. Obviously, there was no security <laughs> around. But 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 I got in, and, and they were, we were just going up a couple of floors. And Warney was laughing about how the Aussie crowd had been giving it to him. They were probably just you know singing funny songs, and you know probably getting stuck into him about the whole Stark stuff. But you know he was having a laugh about it, and um, you know he was just such good in such good spirits. And uh, yeah, just just a, such a sad loss. I mean, you know, a cricketer that has had such an impact on my love of the game. Like, like so many other people and uh, just can't, can't believe he's gone. Yep. Um, as I said, love him or, or dislike him or whatever else. Whenever When he was in the commentary box, uh, the cricket was that much more important and significant. It was the big time. And last, actually, last on-field memory for me was that day uh, in his second last test. I flew down to Melbourne. It was the coldest day I've ever had in Australia. It was colder than a winter's day. And we were sitting in the stands right at the front of the stand and somehow the drainage wasn't working. There's like a six inches of, not six inches, like two inches of water pooling around our feet. It was freezing cold and the cricket was diabolically boring. There was 90,000 in. Warren got thrown the ball. A couple of minutes in, he clean bowls Andrew Strauss for his 700th wicket. And instantly the whole trip was worthwhile because the roar of the crowd uh, you know, there's nothing can beat a truly enormous magnitude of the roar of the crowd. And the 90,000 roar as Warren took his wicket made the entire trip worthwhile and a memory that I'll never forget. And that's kind of symbolic of him, that he elevated cricket to a level uh, much more than just a, um, a small-time sport. It was the big time when, when Shane Warren was involved. Yeah, I um, heard Mark Taylor talking about how uh, Bill Laurie had been slated to call the 700th wicket. So he started that day and he did an hour and a half stint waiting for the 700th <laughs> wicket. But then he'd been invited to the MCC lunch and he had to leave half an hour before the, the break, I think. And uh, Mark Taylor came in and took over from Bill and there, then got to call the wicket. So, um, yeah, Taylor's uh, good fortune there. Um yeah. So look, uh, yeah. I, I look. I just. I, I guess I just want to finish again by just, you know, I, I got a call once that my dad had died. Like Warren's kids have got that call, and I just feel desperately sorry for his his kids, his parents. It's it's a really shocking time. You know, we all loved Warney. We all um, we're all huge fans. But you know what his family's going through at the moment be heartbreaking. So just from you know sending my love to all of them, and um, you know. Uh, I hope in in good time we get to celebrate his wonderful life, but but at the moment it's still you know so sad and so shocking. Yep, definitely uh, agree, a hundred percent. Echo everything you just said. Alrighty, well we're going to sign off from our tribute to Shane Warne. Um, thanks everybody who for watching and listening, and uh, yeah, uh, look, uh, I don't know what we'll be doing. I don't, I'm not feeling like talking about the tests at the moment. So um, yeah, look, just keep an eye on your podcast feeds. See ya. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.